Welcome to Stu's EV Universe, where you can find anything and everything electric vehicle. Today on my podcast, I'd like to welcome Josh Noble, Tourism Services Manager, Kingman Office of Tourism in Kingman, Arizona. Thanks for being on today, Josh. Thank you for having me, Stuart. Yeah, yeah. No, and uh, this is something I'm really excited about. I've known about the Electric Vehicle Museum. It's the Route 66 Electric Vehicle Museum, and you all opened the doors there, I believe, in August uh, of 2014. Can you tell me a little bit about the museum and, and what you all do there? Yeah, so we briefly opened August of 14. We had a um, international Route 66 festival that we hosted in Kingman. And the Historic Electric Vehicle Foundation wanted to participate. They were starting to look at ways to fundraise for a museum, for a facility. So they wanted to bring them in, but because they were bringing these cars in from really all over the western U.S., Nevada, California, Washington, different areas in Arizona. They didn't want to bring them in just for you know the three-day event. They wanted to have them uh, for an extended period. So inside of the building that we use for our visitor center and the Route 66 Museum, we had an event space that's about 3,600 square feet. And we said, well, we can incorporate this into the museum experience, bring them in and, and you know, just kind of host them here um, indefinitely, um, figure out how people interacted with them. Or you know, we, we kind of felt like the museum that we had being a Route 66 Museum, this is another transportation museum experience. And so it would be a good fit. And so we, uh, we kind of reconfigured the layout to drive people in from the Route 66 Museum into the Electric Vehicle Museum. So getting hand railing, signage, security cameras, stanchions, all that stuff. It wasn't until December um, that we actually opened it up to the public. And when we opened it, we had 10 cars in the museum. <laughs> so it was a little, a little bare out there. Right. Now, how did you get the initial cars and, and get the word out? So the cars that came in with the festival, um, they belong to board members of the Historic Electric Vehicle Foundation. Some belong just to the foundation. There were other EV enthusiasts. Um, and so they all, they all came congregated. We probably had 20, 25 cars during the event. And then uh, most of them went back. Um, you know, the owners took them back home. Uh, but those initial ones, they, they just transported them in, took them in on trailers and, and closed, um, you know, cargo uh, trailers. And, and we uh, brought them into the museum. And uh, over the course of time, when people found out about this new electric vehicle museum, uh, we started getting contacted about donations, specifically vehicles, uh, to add into the collection. And so now... There are uh, about 110 vehicles in the collection. Wow. Um, we only have 28 on display. That's really all that we can fit into the space. And then the rest are 
you know, kind of housed offsite in different storage areas. Yeah. Now, um, I guess the the reason for forming it, you know, why why an electric vehicle museum? I, I you know, obviously, I think it's great, and our listeners will think it's great. And to my knowledge, uh, I mean, there will be electric vehicle uh, displays within other museums, but. I believe this is uh, the only museum that solely focuses on the history of electric vehicles. It is. So there are a number of other auto museums that have one or two electric cars. And I know there's a a good resource on uh, Plug in America. They've got a list running. Um, But the the only other museum that has displays specifically for electric vehicles are is the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles. They have two electric vehicle themed displays that are going on right now. One is alternating currents, the fall and rise of EVs, and the other is building an electric future, the technology of today for the vehicles of tomorrow. A couple of the vehicles that they have on display, and I don't know which um, exhibits they are in, but they're they're vehicles that are on loan from our collection here. So um, I think a lot of the museums, they work together to share the story. One of the vehicles that we have downstairs is from the uh, uh, NASCAR uh, Museum. I think it's in Chino, California. And uh, so, you know, there's a lot of loaning that goes on for displaying vehicles that uh, make sense in um, different collections. And um, yeah, as as far as we're aware, we are the only museum that is solely dedicated to electric vehicles in the world. And and like, what's the oldest vehicle you have there? I mean, a lot of people, um, I think the information is getting out there that EVs aren't a new thing. Uh, but I think the general public feels like, oh, you know, <laughs> the EV thing started with Tesla. But EVs were around for a long time, and they were, they were there in, you know, pretty much in, in the very beginning uh, until the petrol uh, vehicles kind of won out. But uh, can you tell me a little bit about some of your older vehicles that you have on display there? Yeah, the oldest one that we have is a 1909 baggage tug. Um, it was used by the Pennsylvania Railroad to haul baggage to and from the depot. And it's it, it's one of the more interesting pieces, sort because this baggage tug has got um, the way that the batteries are lined up. When you pull the lever, it changes different touch points. So it goes from a series to a series parallel to a parallel, effectively changing the the, the voltage or the, the amperage rather. So it, it goes from kind of a, a high torque, almost like a low gear into a uh, faster gear without having any gears at all. It's all just with the way that the electricity moves through the vehicle. And so it's, uh, it's amazing that that technology was around that long ago. We have a, a couple Custer cars that are in the collection. These are from about 1913. Um, I guess the, the inventor Custer, my understanding, he was a contemporary with the Wright brothers. He was one of those tinkerers and kind of dabbled in electric vehicles early on. Uh, some of those cars uh, almost look like wheelchairs and indeed they were used by some of the World War I veterans who came back and you know had missing limbs or, or different injuries. But we've got, uh, we've got vehicles going all the way up into 2013. So it's over a century of electric vehicle history. And, and you're right, a lot of the general public just thinks that this is pretty much a new thing. And that I think is one of the main comments that we get 
from people visiting the museum is that they were totally unaware that electric vehicles had that much history. Now, with people that are visiting, do you get mostly EV drivers? Do you get uh, folks that are, you know, driving gas cars still? Do you get both? I mean, do you have a sense of who's checking everything out? <laughs> um, we get everybody. Okay. <laughs> we're, so we're, you know, we're our our visitor center is located on. Uh, it's the closest visitor center to California on Interstate 40. Um, and it's also the closest visitor center on 93 coming down from Las Vegas. So a lot of our travelers um, kind of accidentally happen upon us um, going on their way to the Grand Canyon, go crossing the country and, and traveling Route 66. Our building was originally a power generating station that was built back in 1909. And um, we, we get visitors from all 50 states. Uh, in normal times, about 70 countries every year. Right now, we're seeing about uh, a dozen or a couple dozen um, entries in our guest book from different countries. And about half of the people that come into the building are going through the museum. So uh, we've got a, a guest book down there. Um, initially, we'd started with a little, you know, just a little, basically, no <laughs> uh, uh, composition notebook. book. Yeah, composition book. <laughs> and um, we started to uh, actually put it together to ask just those questions. Um, you know, if they drove electric vehicles, if they were interested in driving electric vehicles, or interested in the history. And I've got now probably a good 600 pages oh, wow. um, of people that, that wanted to say something about their, their interest in Route 66 and in electric vehicles. We, uh, some of the, the interesting comments, we get a lot of them from kids. A lot of kids show a lot of interest in electric vehicles and the history. Um, you know, particularly the Buckeye Bullet 2.5. This was the world's fastest electric vehicle up until I think it was 2018 um, when the Buckeye Bullet 3.0 was um, developed. And it was by the Ohio State University of Engineering, uh, the College of Engineering. So um, it's the same team that has built, you know, the current one. But this thing is 30 feet long, sitting in the middle of the museum. And it's absolutely eye-catching when you first walk in and um, I think it, it sparks a lot of the imagination and interest in people coming into the museum. So we get a lot of comments on the Buckeye uh, Bullet 2.5 and a lot of artwork. Um, a lot of people like to draw something about their experience and they'll draw some of the funny little cars that we have in the electric vehicle exhibit because a lot of the cars look so different than anything that you see on the road. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, when you say... They look different. I mean, I, I, I think on your website, I, I saw the Corbin Sparrow. And uh, when I think of EVs that look different, that's the first one that pops up. And uh, it, to me, it looks like uh, someone's slipper uh, that you can just kind of maybe slip on a giant or something. Uh, and they came in these kind of jelly bean kind of colors, I believe three wheelers, uh, one seater. And uh, yeah, for better or worse, I mean, we had, you know, for the, that period of time, those were the EVs that were commercially available, which kind of gave EVs, you know, not, you know, didn't put them in the best light for, uh, I think there are still some, you know, folks that think that of EVs as, you know, glorified golf carts, which is the uh, absolute uh, opposite of the truth, you know. But for the longest time, EVs were golf carts. You know, they, they were, you know, very small. And uh, I think you had to have very dedicated people driving these things because um, 
they weren't didn't go very fast. They uh, didn't go very far. Uh, they were quite limited. But you fast forward to today, and and uh, the, the electric cars out there and electric vehicles are, are extremely capable. What do you think would be the uh, most unusual vehicle that you have in your collection? Um, you know, before I go there, any of your listeners that uh, want to know what the Sparrow looks like. Oh yeah. Um, one of the one of the little girls that wrote in the guest book said that they looked like the little cars that were the the flies in the movie cars. Oh, you know the little interesting. So that, that's kind of what that's kind of what they look like. But um, the most interesting vehicle one one of my favorite ones, and it, it's pretty interesting one. I think not just because of the way um, it looks, but its history is the Detroit Electric. We've got a 1930 Detroit Electric. I think they're are a few dozen of those that still exist. They were a real, you know, the, the horseless carriage right. sort of style car. And the driver uh, sits in the back. They actually have a front seat passenger. I got to ride in the thing as they drove it into the museum when they, when they first brought it in. That was kind of fun. But uh, yeah, Henry Ford's wife had one. Right. I think Thompson and had one. Um, so it was a real elite vehicle and real popular with the ladies because you just crank, you know, you just turn the key and it starts. You don't have to crank around. To, um, you have you to know, break your uh, wrist. To get, right, exactly, <laughs> to get it going. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it is one that a lot of people really like to take a look at and they're you know, drawn to it. Um, and that, that is, I think, one of the ones that really brings to mind how long we've had electric vehicles because people see that and say that that's right at the earliest part of the automobile. Right. Now, do you have other vehicles, uh, you know, motorcycles? Do you have um, chargers on display? Because obviously, um, you know, these early cars had to power up somehow. So, yeah, we, we have, um, I, I wouldn't say necessarily on display. A lot of the museum, it's more or less we're storing the cars at the moment, but people can walk through and see them, right? Um, we, uh, we've got several chargers uh, that span from the you know, 1950s, 60s, when those neighborhood electric vehicles that look like golf carts were the primary EVs out there, um, all the way up to, I think, the, uh, the latest ones we have were probably around... Uh, 2012-ish um, area. So a lot of them come from you know California when they've upgraded and they've torn them out. And so we've got some sitting down there. We uh, actually, interestingly enough, talking about chargers. So we do have one on the side of our building. That's uh, there's a courtesy for EV drivers. They can come visit the museum and charge their car. Um, we've got a Tesla Super site that's building just right outside our door. Um, they they broke ground two weeks ago and hoping to have that open in January. Um, so it's going to be um, kind of expanding out into the outside space uh, for people to experience electric cars that are current right outside now and those, you know, from, from the past back in the museum. How many vehicles are off-site? And, and I think you mentioned something about future plans. You're, you're kind of planning expansion, correct? So the city in um, November acquired a new 19 and a half thousand square foot facility. Um, it was most recently used as office space. It was originally a uh, Safeway grocery store. So it's going to take quite a bit of renovation to get it to where it's where it needs to be. But yeah, we we plan on expanding into that space and that'll give us room to make the exhibits to something that people can uh, enter into and interpret what they're looking at instead of it being kind of more or less a warehouse uh, like like the the displays are that we have right now. Uh, the city's 
evaluating some different uh, firms that have uh, submitted RFQs or requests for qualifications. And um, I think there were seven firms that had submitted it. And these are really interesting. I, I didn't know there were that many electric vehicle, or I'm sorry, that many vehicle museums out there or car museums. So there are firms that have worked on some major uh, car museums that uh, people would have heard of, some private collections, a few that uh, worked on uh, uh, dealerships, auto dealerships. So we really run the gamut of uh, uh, firms that have submitted a qualification proposal. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I think we're, we're probably a year out from starting on any of the actual rehab because it's gonna take a while to come up with the design that will work best for, um, you know, for displaying these vehicles and for making it something that's interactive for people to come in and enjoy. Yeah, that's great. I mean, are there any vehicles that have sort of uh, eluded you all that you'd like to see in the collection? I think the, uh, what is it, the EV1? Yeah, the EV1. Yeah, that's one that certainly <laughs> eluded us and we'd like to have in the collection. Um, there's one of the early Teslas uh, that has been donated, and we don't okay. have it here on site, but we're excited about that. Um, last uh, December, a year ago, we had a 1970s converted uh, Porsche that was oh, donated neat. to the museum, so okay. that was a pretty cool one. Um, you know, it, I, I think the biggest, the biggest challenge is just figuring out where we can put the vehicles so they're not all stored in an outside environment. So um, most of the vehicles that have been donated, um, and, and another another challenge is um, finding the funds to get them transported. A lot of times they are offered to the foundation um, and the city or the foundation will try to find ways to get funds to bring them um, you know, to where, where they can be stored. Um, but there are some vehicles stored in an old church downtown here, just about a half a mile away from the museum. There are some stored down in Cottonwood, Arizona, uh, where the foundation president, Roger Wilde, has um, some storage space there. Also up in Washington, where he has his business. But yeah, I think that when we can expand into that space, we're still only going to be having you know less than half of the vehicles in the space so we're that's going to be a continuing uh, challenge going forward is trying to figure out where to put vehicles that are not currently on display and i like what you said earlier about you know kind of telling the story um again i noticed on your website a postal uh vehicle that was electric and i think uh, a lot of people don't realize that that was something that was tested out um, and it's something that is talked about to today. And I think it drives a lot of us uh, EV owners, uh, honestly, a bit crazy because we understand how these vehicles work and they are most efficient when they're running at slow speeds. So what better than a, you know, a postal vehicle or a delivery vehicle to be electric, yet they're still you know, kind of doing the petrol thing, the, the gas thing. So I think that's wonderful. With the, the new dis museum, I would assume there'd be displays, like interactive displays, or have you all given some thought to all of that? I think that's what we want to see is something that's interactive versus just something that people look at. Um, you know, I, I, I think one, one of the things that we discuss with the stakeholders is maybe it's not 
exactly an electric vehicle museum, but more of an exhibition, something that is evolving and changing and um, is something that people can come in and experience now. And you know, if they come back while they're traveling through again in six months a year, it'll be a little bit different um, because we don't want to just, you know, have them here and there they are they sit and and you can look at them they're all they're all pretty we really want to try to figure out how can we make this something that is an experience that would drive people to come in because part of the part of what we want to see obviously as the office of tourism is is it be an attraction that drives people in so you've got the historic electric vehicle foundation that wants to preserve the history you know the city wants to see this be something that is a driver to bring people in um, we've got a lot of different stakeholders that want a lot of different things. Now, do you feel like, you know, here we are, we're heading into uh, the new year. Do you feel like um, now is an important time for, for something like this? Um, how does it fit into, I guess, the, the time frame we're in right now? Well, it's an exciting time for EVs right now. Um, I think preserving the history is easier now because there's something of a novelty. Um, when everyone's driving, when the interest may wane and it may not, you know, it may be more difficult to preserve that history. So that's why right now is so important because there, there is a real, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, and people just, they, they want to learn about the history. They want to learn about EVs. They want to see EVs. You might see a couple of Teslas on the road when you're driving around. My wife and I, we, uh, went to California up to, um, San Diego for our anniversary this summer and you couldn't go from one you know the restaurant to to the museum or to the beach or anything without seeing a number of Teslas on the road right. <laughs> it's right. not like that here yet but um, it's it's getting more like that and as it becomes more commonplace that interest may not be there so that that's why it's so important to collect and preserve that now um, and and that way people will know that there was there, there is a history of electric vehicles that goes beyond Tesla and the Chevy Volt and you know the, the Ford F one hundred and fifty that that's now an electric truck they're coming out with. So all of these things, um, you know, there, there's a precursor, something that was there before. Yeah, and what's interesting, I mean, it is you know people think of history, but we are also living history, you know, and you'll see a lot of names of vehicles, and those companies are not around anymore. So we are heading into a a very interesting and exciting time where things are going to be changing in the electric vehicle space. Um, And things are already changing and they're changing very quickly. And there are new companies coming into the fold and they're really working hard to succeed. And I hope they all succeed. But time will tell, you know, what happens. And I think it's interesting for people to see because I know in our lifetimes, we've seen the same car companies for the most part. And we're very comfortable with that. But I, I think we're kind of due for a shakeup. And I, I think that's going to be happening and it is happening. Uh, I mean, it's, it's happened with Tesla. You know, it went from folks not believing, you know, this this new kid on the block could do anything to uh, car companies really sitting up and, and taking notice, you know. So so that's quite interesting. And uh, with the new facility, um, I am hoping that you're going to have, uh, you know, maybe a bank of level two chargers out there. Because uh, personally, I feel that's important. You know, uh, EV drivers, um, those conversations that you have at, at the chargers, 
uh, kind of takes it to the next level. And when people are plugging in, especially if there are people going to the museum that don't have EVs, you know, they're getting the history when they're in the museum, but then they can get another education, uh, these what we call driveway conversations, you know, once they're out of the museum. So, you know, personally, I feel that's super important. I mean, um, the, the EV group that I co-started here in, in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, in Kentucky, we service all of Kentucky, is Evolve KY. And one of, the, one of the biggest things we do is we put in electric vehicle chargers um, in the community. And it's kind of like this chicken and egg thing where people will, they're kind of used to the gas station model and they see these EV chargers and they think, oh, this is something I could do, you know. Uh, because they see it out in the community, they see it happening. Um, so that kind of thing also will make it more alive. I mean, I, I, I kind of have, you know, museums are wonderful, and I, it gets me so excited to hear about and, and talk about, you know, an electric vehicle museum. But there's also some kind of sadness that goes along with it, almost like, you know, here are these vehicles in captivity. <laughs> You know, they weren't they weren't built to be in captivity. They were built to be driven, you know, uh, like you said about your experience, you know, driving one in, you know, uh, that's the exciting thing. And there is a lot of value of having them on display and telling the story. Um, but again, that the, the story is an ongoing story, you know, which is what excites me, you know, is that we could point to the past, but also uh, kind of look to the future with all of this. So... Um, I think you're exactly right. Uh, having electric vehicle chargers at the new museum is going to be really important to us. The level two charger that we have at our current museum gets used all the time. We have people coming in, um, you know, they, they're charging their vehicles. We get to talk to them. We get to see what different vehicles there are. Uh, I didn't know there was a BMW that was an electric vehicle, you know, yeah. so it, yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, I think that as we look at uh, adding infrastructure into our downtown, um, we want to see more of these electric vehicle charging stations available for travelers. We have uh, the current Tesla charging site is about a mile from us near the Interstate 40 interchange. And when you get into Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, it, it just becomes backed up to where they actually take it off the line to where Tesla drivers can't find it because there's absolutely no more capacity. Um, and I think that as we see more electric vehicles on the road, we're going to need to have chargers that are out there for all, um, you know, all brands and all makes. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the great thing about like uh, what I'm talking about with level two chargers, because absolutely important and um, such a valuable thing to have these Tesla superchargers out in the community. But what I get excited about is these, you know, level two chargers um, that are installed at, you know, museums, at town centers, coffee shops, parks, you know, because they offer charging for all EVs. Um, you'll see a Fiat, you know, plugged in, you know, you'll see a Nissan, you know, uh, pretty soon you'll be hopefully seeing some Toyotas, you know, fully electric plugged in. So it's happening in a big way. And right now there's a lot of emphasis on Tesla because they have, you know, they're selling a ton of EVs out there and that's absolutely wonderful. Um, but, you know, there are going to be a lot of different brands and that's absolutely great for, for people to see. Now, um, 
what other sites and what other things uh, can folks look forward to around the Electric Vehicle Museum if they're in that neck of the woods? Sure. Well, um, in downtown Kingman, we've got our Route 66 Museum, uh, the Mojave Museum of History and Arts. So there's a lot of history. Uh, Kingman was founded in 1882 when the railroad came through. Um, so not only are we a big Route 66 town, we've got um, the largest section of Route 66 that still exists goes both east and west of us. But we have a lot of um, mining and ranching history, railroad history. People coming in find um, a lot of uh, uh, cool things um, along the old stretches of Route 66 um, because of that history. Some of the old ranches that they can see um, and uh, the old uh, uh, you know, roadside stops. We've got uh, caverns that are down underground. Um, and we're also the closest community to the Grand Canyon Skywalk. That's the glass bridge that jets over the canyon. So there's a lot of different things people come out and enjoy in our area of Arizona. Yeah, I mean, the song, obviously, you know, <laughs> you get yeah. your kicks on Route 66. And uh, I mean, that, that that's a throwback to a time when road travel was popular, was fun. You know, it was the thing to do. And I, I think, you know, EV owners are getting back to that. I think they're enjoying their cars. Um, they are excited about taking road trips again because it's such a pleasurable thing to be an electric car to take a road trip. Um, and, uh, you know, it's great that they can stop at a place like you all have there. So uh, anything you wanted to add before we uh, wrap things up? Um, you know, not really. I, I, you know, I'm just real excited to see what we do with the new exhibit and the new cars coming in. Um, we always have uh, different histories that we learn about when we get a new donation. Um, I'm real excited about one of the ones that we have uh, uh, coming in here pretty soon. It was by, it's uh, the Silver Volt. I don't know if you've heard of that car by a gentleman named Robert Aronson. He was a bit of a, a enthusiast and proponent of electric vehicles going back in the 1960s, 70s, 80s. Um, so, you know, when we get things like that, where we've got magazine cutouts and, you know, uh, different uh, articles that help to uh, uh, kind of keep that history. And it's not just a vehicle, but all the different components right. around the vehicle and the life stories of the people that built it. Um, those are really exciting. And I'm, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, as we build this new museum, if we can incorporate some of that into it and make it. Um, engaging to where people can uh, kind of step into that um, scene. It's going to be, um, I don't know, it's going to be real exciting. Oh, that's great. That's great. Now, uh, can you point folks to where they would go if they either wanted to make a donation to the foundation or if they wanted to, you know, check you all out on, on your website, all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, so the foundation, it's real easy to remember. Historic Electric Vehicle foundation hevf.org okay hevf.org and they can find out more about the collection more about the foundation um and then if they wanted to see uh some information about the museum itself um it's evmkingman.com okay perfect well it was a pleasure having you on the podcast today thank you for spending a little time with us today oh thank you for having me it was my pleasure all right take care you too 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Stu's EV Universe. I would like to thank Eden Unger for creating the artwork and the music for this episode. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, and share, as that's the only way we can continue to grow. Now you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash EVU. Remember, the EV revolution runs on your energy. I'm Stuart Unger. See you next time.